The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our, rec- our guest today, Rex Finfgelt, experienced an NDE in 2011 when he fell 26 feet and landed headfirst on concrete. He spent a month in the hospital and five days in a coma with bleeding on the brain in three places with a traumatic brain injury. He also had 20 broken bones and a badly punctured lung with massive internal bleeding. The healing process took nearly two years, including surgeries and therapy. But sometime while he was comatose and crashing, he had an experience of an NDE. He says, I experienced my own pure being. I was still me, but I was also pure being itself. For a moment, I was the all of everything. I was pure love, life, and the mind and imagination that gives rise to all of creation. Since his NDE, he now sees and thinks in ways he never thought possible, especially regarding consciousness, divinity, the unified field, and a perspective multi-universal reality. As well, he is living a life he never thought possible. In addition to being a writer and presenter, Rex has become a musician, performing in a band and working on his own original music. Rex's book, titled My Experiment with Gravity, is available through Amazon. Rex, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Oh, well, it's good to have you. Um, I wanted to... Uh, Mentioned to that you had told me that um, it was you had fallen from a cottonwood tree. That, that, yes, uh, <laughs> that you were a climber and actually climbed, uh, I guess, some mountains and hills, and you, just something in you that wanted to climb, and that you, I guess, climbed this tree many times before. And, right. But, but then some bread because the dry season had some brittle branches. You you they broke and you fell. But I wanted to mention about cottonwood trees. I have a thing for cottonwood trees myself down uh, around the base of Montezuma's Well, which is in um, Rimrock, Arizona. It's a sac- site sacred to the Hopis. The outflow from that well has a whole bunch of cottonwood trees, some of them almost horizontal. And I like to, when I'm there, I, it's one of my favorite places in Arizona. I like to climb up there and just sit and meditate for a while. But there's another thing about cottonwood trees that's kind of interesting. When the when 9/11 occurred and the buildings were crashing down, there was a steel beam that would have wiped out the historic St. Paul's Chapel. It was a little chapel that dates back to the 1700s when um, George Washington gave his inauguration address. He went to afterwards went to the chapel to pray. This huge steel beam came crashing down. Would have totally demolished St. Paul's Chapel, but for the fact that a cottonwood tree uh, got hit instead, and it, uh, it the beam veered off. It didn't even knock down any of the uh, uh, tombstones in St. Paul's graveyard. So it, the cottonwood basically it died in the process, but it saved saved the chapel. And um, to honor that cottonwood tree. They bronzed the root ball, and if people go to Trinity Church in, uh, just above Wall Street in New York City, it sits outside on the on the porch of uh, Trinity Church. <laughs> it's this whole, huge thing; you can step right into it, 
And the, the amazing thing about it is it vibrates to the city. You know, if a subway goes by or the car, car traffic, it's like you're in a living thing. It's really quite amazing. So, it sounds uh, really amazing. Yeah. So if you get to New York City, go, go down and see, uh, this, this root ball that's sitting outside of, uh, Trinity Church. Um, tell me about, uh, what happened, uh, during your NDE after this terrible fall. Uh, those moments while near death, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, basically, like, like I said, to elaborate on what you were already, what you'd already, um, 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 had said to everyone, I, I literally was, I wasn't myself. I mean, I, I was aware of me, the person that is Rex. I mean, I guess you could say in a matter of speaking, the ego was intact, mm-hmm. but I had, I had no concept of my physical body whatsoever. I was just being, I mean, I was, I was, um, you know, I, I, I was life itself. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't alive, but I was the source of life. You know, we've been describing, you know, love and, 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 and mind and the consciousness. I mean, it wasn't that I was experiencing love, but I, but I was love. Um, I, cause I was life. I, I was that, that mind. I mean, and, and in, and, and in those moments, on the one hand, it was just an essence, just an mm-hmm. essence of being. There's a piece of this that was, that was, there was no point of experience, just being itself in, in the purest state of that of, you know, you hear from many end of years, you know, that of just up the purest space of love. Um, and in that space, though, this is where it, it's kind of interesting because sometimes I'm asked, well, how long did it last? I don't really have a sense of time about this because when I think about it, I, I remember it as but a moment but in that moment was an eternity. I mean, it was just the, the infinity of possibilities, the uh, possibilities of the all of everything. Basically, and when I, when I explain this, this is to me the, also explaining like the field of consciousness. Um, there are some theoretical physicists that will say that this is one way to explain the unified field. I mean, this, I'm not a scientist, so this is going to be the NDE'ers take on this. Um, but this is, you know, the, 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 the floor, you know, the core of our existence right here, you know, where imagine for a moment all of the universe, whatever that may really be, you know, to, to whatever great expanse it is. Right now we think it's about 13.8 billion years uh, old, roughly. And I'm, I'm speculating there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, we, we know that there's a lot more that we don't know than we do know. Um, and with that, imagine all of time, past, present, and future, just – it, it, put that into a, uh, a singularity, all of the universe, all of space, all of time, all at once, almost like that primordial uh, particle that basically gave way to, to, to cosmic inflation. Mm. Whether to imagine every probability and possibility, I mean, as in every p- parallel universe, every multiple reality, everything from different versions of our own selves having different kinds of experiences to a version of a universe so abstract and and, and foreign to us we couldn't even exist in it, let alone even imagine it. All these possibilities, everything, they they mean all it was was all existing all at once. Um, in, in quantum theory, the term is superposition with respect to particles, particles existing in, in more than one in place at one at a time. In this case, this is all of every single experiential possibility, all existing all at once. And just for a moment, this, this, this is what I was. I wasn't just experiencing in this. I was this. Mm-hmm. This was 
would I I would say soul, not just my soul, but soul itself. This 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 that that part of all of us is not just me, but the part of all of us that is design divine, pure, and, and if I may dare say, innocent. Mm. You know, I've definitely not been innocent in this life, but this is something tapped into something that 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 is still innocent within me. And you know, one of the things that I seek to do in my in my presentations and in my books and music is to tap into that that part of us. No matter what you've been through in this life, no matter where you've been, that part of it that still has that that childlike innocence within, that 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 purest form of that uh, this absolute agape, divine God's love, if you will. The Quaker faith, the uh, Society of Friends, uh, teaches that. We have the spark of the divine. We have a spark of God in each of us. Every one of us. Like, yeah, it sounds like that spark totally enveloped you. And, uh, because it's an, it's interesting that you still felt yourself as being yourself, that your ego sur- survived this, um, identity with, with all consciousness. I'm not sure if I could think of it in terms of, I remember, I wasn't thinking like Rex in more in, in linear terms as we think of, you know, I'm speaking with Yuli and, you know, this is Rex sitting here having a conversation and, but, but, but yet, I don't know how to explain this. This is going to seem kind of a little bit contradictory, but at the same, because I was me. I mean, I was very cognizant that I was me, but it wasn't like it was necessarily Rex because I felt like I was this being. Everything I described to you, this is exactly, I, I this was me. I mean, I realized that this wasn't something um, that was removed from me, that came towards me and connected with me or something. This is something I just realized was already within, an already naturally infused inherent part of my own being that, at, at the, 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 that deepest source. Mm. So the, that meanness was was not Rex. It was uh, it was your, um, you know, when when near ears talk about sometimes talk about merging into the light. Um, of God, the light of love and the light of God. Um, you're, uh, you were identifying yourself more as that spark of God than you were identifying yourself as the being that's Rex. Correct. Yeah, for a moment I was like all of the everything. I guess there was a part of me that was still Rex, but then there was the rest of me that was, that was God in, in that moment. You know, that part yeah. of all of us that is God. For a moment I was uh, home, if you will. Yes. Yes. So, um, but you didn't feel like you'd gone through a tunnel, traveled into the light, the sort of typical uh, description, uh, uh, that time-based description, really, because I, it takes time to go through a tunnel and go into the light. This was instantaneous. Yeah, this, this was all, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because uh, Jonathan Hagelin, who's a theoretical physicist, um, I remember I think it was in the film What the Bleep a number of years ago, and I saw that described the universe as a thought universe. And what I experienced was exactly that. It, it was it was basically thought. Um, the entire uh, if you experience, if you will, um, was just like a thought process. But it was from from the deepest part part of my being. Um, I mean, it was to no, understand. No, I, I I was experiencing dark. I was experiencing light, and everything in between. Everything was was here. Yet the essence of it all was that that pure sense of love. Um, so I didn't have the experiential component to it, but yet at the same time, every part of that was there. Sometimes I'm asked, did you see any loved ones? Did you experience, you know, um, divine beings or anything like that? And it's like, you know, not specifically in the moment of the NDE. However, a door has been kicked wide open as a result of this NDE where ever since then, 
I have all of these experiences. Mm. I'm, I experience outside of my own physical being all the time. I have relationships with beings that are not just here in the physical realm. I know I do have a, a presentation that talks about that, having experiences with with uh, extra dimensional beings or, you know, well, in some cases, some people might want to call them the ETs to aim, I mean, everything to eat angels, to any number of different kinds of these, 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 um, I, I don't like to use the term higher level beings, but we'll just say more energy based beings. I mean, I mean, everything's energy, but I guess less corporeal, if you will, just much more of a uh, fluidic, energetic state of being. Right. Uh, it seems, it seems to me that, um, uh and I've, I've thought this in the past, that the big block to our being in touch with these things that you're talking about is our brain, which yes. is, it just, it wants to keep us here in the three-dimensional world dealing with the, the physical problems and, and inspirations that come out of that. But when the brain gets injured, uh, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. I, I had a friend who had a, a, a grand mal seizure, and she said, during that seizure, she had the answer to everything, every question she'd ever wanted to to know about. And wow. it was only after that electricity passed and she was back to normal that she couldn't remember the answers to all those questions. But for that moment, when the brain was disabled, she was in she was in the light, basically. Interesting, and I, I would imagine, and I, I don't know, or I, you know, be interesting to sit down and be able to speak with this person. But I, but I have to believe that opening that door is, 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 you know, doable for her. She's, she's, she's done this once. I have to believe that she could do it again. I mean, um, I, I don't feel like there's, a, I'm any different than anybody else. And sometimes I hear about NDEers talk about they have the NDE, and when they come back, they, that, that moment is just that NDE, and they're not necessarily experiencing in that. Although I hear a lot of NDEers, and a lot of my friends that are NDEers, um, will talk about being far more sensitive, um, intuitive, psychic, and all of that. Um, but but it's interesting to me that not that not not more end of years you know that door doesn't stay open for more end of years after the end of because I mean I, I can't I don't know why exactly I mean yes I do nurture it and, and I and I meditate on it all the time because I don't want to lose this by any means but um, it just seems like you know the the the, the longer more time goes by this I think the more I think acclimated it's been eight almost nine years I'm still kind of getting used to this I mean it's been such yeah. a profound change and transformation um, but just uh, yeah just you ha- you do have to keep working on it in order to well it's in fact well, one of the reasons that i that i love doing this show is because every week i'm reminded of of other people's experiences of what i experienced as a child and it um it just it refocuses me once again it's like a weekly uh jump into the into the void to find out you know what other people's take is on on this experience of the near death and that's um, the thing too. I like you. I'm glad you brought up this idea of the void. And 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 um, one thing I was going to throw out there. And I don't know if we can dive into this so much, but I mean, even even in science, you know, in the depths of space, in this whole void of space, um, we we realize there is more energy in this void than there is in in the, the in the physical universe that we experience. Um, in terms of our, you know, corporeal three-dimensional state of the universe, we understand that, you know, what we experience, what we observe is only about 3% of the overall universe. So. Yes. Do you, do you feel that, um, like other people that you, you made reference to come back feeling like they've been given gifts? Do you feel that you received any, um, uh, abilities that you didn't have prior to the fall? Yes, definitely. Um, I would say, 
It's a, I've got my, my, my drummer of my band, he's, he goes by K9, we call him Nine for short, but he, he refers to this as a blurse. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. <laughs> uh, um, because my sensitivities, since this has happened, have just, just gosh, it's just, I, I, I like, like a hundredfold. And, and, and more time goes by, the more sensitive I become. And I've already had a sort of an OCD quality about me, and that's just become much more intense. Um, but it's giving me the ability to understand and see and make sense of things I never had before. Um, and this is what's interesting. On the one hand, I have some major memory issues. I, I get headaches, and there's a lot of things that have come with this traumatic brain injury and, and you know, this whole event. But at the same time, um, this ability to understand in the abstract and understand, you know, on the levels of consciousness and and be able to have conversations about it and express ideas about it. Um, I have ideas on gravity's connection with the multi-universal reality and unified field that I look forward to continuing to present that I think could really be groundbreaking. And a little bit I've had a chance to expose it, these ideas. People have been very, very excited about it. Even people in the scientific community have been very excited about the prospect of, uh, of what I'm explaining. Um, another thing that's happened, um, in terms of just, you know, this, 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 this life here, this might be for me the most fun thing. Um, I mean, this is all amazing stuff and mind blowing. Um, but I've been a DJ since I was 16 years old. I can mix beats and I can get people dancing, you know, and I've been doing it for years. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much now as it was when I was 16 years old. Um, but I never imagined over all these years, I would ever become a musician that would actually be in a band. Um, I've never, I mean, I've done a little bit of music. I did some choir in high school, played a little bit of guitar as a teenager, but that was a long time ago. I'm 53 years old now. Um, but five years ago, um, again, like a bit of a long story, but I very serendipitously found myself in a band. It was very unexpected. I didn't, didn't plan on this at all. I don't think anyone really did. And, um, this band has, has grown and evolved into something really special and it's become very much a, a part of, you know, uh, my family and, and a family with which I am a part. It's, it's, it's a really special group of people. Um, and off of, from that, I became a percussionist, a drummer, um, and, and now I'm a producer. I write and compose music. And this wow. is the craziest part. Yes, I've been playing in this band for five years, but I still don't know what key anything's in. I can't tell you what notes anything is. Um, <laughs> But yet, I, from from intuition and, and, and through ear, I work on a program called Ableton. It's an electronic uh, digital audio workspace program, um, and you can write and mix master everything uh, on the software. It's incredible. And I, I started doing this literally a year ago. Thanksgiving weekend last year was when I wrote my first piece of music. And in the last year, I've wrote, written 27 pieces of music. And I know you might be wondering, well, are they any good? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to think so only because um, – I, I, I have a life of being a, a you know, nightclub and concert promoter, event promoter. So I have a lot of musician friends. I have a lot of artist friends. So I still do. And I have a number of my musician, musician friends that want to, to play and perform with me. Uh, I've got, you know, besides my Quantum Beings of the Miraculous, my main band that I'm in, I have a second band called The Uninhabited, which is me and one other gentleman. And we, and we have some other folks that we just, we, we have come in as guests. And, these, and it's amazing to me that, that and this is all my music, where The Uninhabited is all my music. Quantum Beings, of course, it's, it's a group. All of us work on, you know, contribute to writing of the music in that band. Um, but, it's, but this other project, it's all my music. And then, of course, I do have a solo project as well. And, and a number of people that are telling me how great the music is. I've even sold some tracks online, so I know it's not too terrible for a guy that has never written music in his life to just start yeah. doing this and, 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 and feel like I've got, I mean, I can, it just resonates. It's something that yeah. just 
yeah. just resonates. I don't want to say it's so great or anything other than something about it just really resonates and the people that seem to be hearing it so far have been very, very supportive and very positive. Well, you know, uh, scientists and mathematicians, I, I mean, yeah, scientists and mathematicians and uh, musicians do have a lot in common. It's, it's a way of looking at the world or thinking about things and they often will draw on musicians to do, uh, a computer work, for instance, um, sure. if, even if they haven't developed the computer skills yet, they see musicians as as potential uh, potentially being very good on the computer. I want to go back though for a minute to your thoughts about gravity. You know what your book, um, which is um, tell me the title again because I just went right out of my head. The, the, the first book of the, oh, the, the first per, book the is per, called My Experiment with Gravity. Is, okay. Uh, it's interesting now, because that has nothing to do with my ideas on gravity. Those actually came later. That has well, to do with a joke, a play on, does a play on the fall. <laughs> well, that's what I thought when I, you know, I haven't had a chance to read the book yet, but, um, uh, that's what I thought. And I also thought about Isaac Newton where the apple falls out of the tree <laughs> and it's him on the head. You I've, I've, actually, I've actually joked about that sometimes. In fact, when I did that presentation on, on the true nature of gravity, I actually joked about that. Yeah, all Isaac knew that they had is just an apple fall on his head. I actually fell out of a tree on my head. Come on. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell, tell me a little about your theories on gravity. Oh, goodness. Where to start? Um, all right. Let's just start here. And this is, this is, this is really expanding on um, special relativity with Einstein. I'm not necessarily changing a lot. I think we're expanding on some things here. Um, I, I'm looking at gravity is really very much infused in the fabric of space-time. We talk about space-time all the you know, oftentimes, and you'll hear that mentioning. And I know that Einstein touched upon this as well. But gravity is infused as part of the field of space-time. I don't see gravity as necessarily a dimension in the same context of height, width, and depth. Um, it depends on how you define dimension as to whether gravity is a fourth dimension or not. I'm going to say, personally, I don't think that it is. Um, I feel like it's a part of the field of space-time and gravity. And gravity, essentially, is like like the, an incredibly energetic, highly malleable like framework uh, of space-time. It's what makes space-time work. Uh, it's what gives movement to space and flow to time. Um, without gravity, neither could work. Of course, all three are pretty much codependent on the other. Um, now, space-time gravity, mind you, goes beyond what we would think of as just this universal construct of what we think of as the universe so far. There's a reason why gravity right now does not fit into the theory of everything. I don't think we have time to dive into what all that is, but in, in, in theoretical physics, there's a theory of everything that tries to explain in a simple equation, much like relativity, basically the universe. Um, and so far, it's, 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 it's pretty easy for them to explain the, the strong and weak nuclear forces and electromagnetism, but they can't seem to get gravity to fit in, and I'm suggesting gravity doesn't belong there because next to consciousness, gravity is the most fundamental force of existence, and I'm talking about a perspective multi-universal existence here, meaning gravity exists before our perspective birth of a universe and will exist beyond whatever we perceive to be the death of this universe. Um, mm. So, so if we, go it's ahead. More, it's more than uh, mass. Then it's it's more than physical mass. As you know, the sun has more gravity than the Earth does because it. But but they just recently they were able to detect. I think it was a collision of two black holes generated a wave that with detectors on on the east and west coasts of this country they were able to pick up a, a vibration of that wave for the first time. 
which is pretty awesome. And now I think about this, and, and, and again, there's a lot of directions we can go with this. Uh, but in this few minutes, I'm sure I'm going to miss a lot of things. I like, but anyway, <laughs> sure. when we think about think about now, check this out. Uh, when you think about waves, you know, when I first heard that, and I'm just and I'm starting to get these epiphanies about gravity. I thought to myself, like most people, you know, let's think in terms of light waves and sound waves and, and waves like that. And then it hit me: no, 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 no. Gravity is more like water. No, it's I mean, gravity and water are not the same. But the right. nature and the movements of the depths of the ocean are, I think, have a lot of similarity to the nature and the movements of the flow of gravity on the perspective of multi-universal existence, even within the scope of what we consider to be the universe. Gravity's movements move a lot like water moving up onto, onto the beach. Gravity can move on multiple layers within itself. Now, when I'm not talking, I think gravity doesn't just move in one direction. Water doesn't just move in one direction. It moves in many di- different directions at the same time, even within the context of the depths of an ocean. Wow. So, so that's just one one thing to think about. And, and something else I want to throw in there that I think is important. Um, we think of gravity as responding. It's 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 reacting. Um, you know, we we hear you know the, the big cloud of gas that forms that beautiful nebula in, in in a part of the Milky Way galaxy. You know, starts to move and swirl, and eventually all those chemicals and the and the gases start to get, start to connect in such a way that it eventually forms a star, which forms planets, forms a, a solar system. Now, right now, the school of thought is is that you know, yes, there's a lot of factors that I think to get those gases and particles moving. Um, but the, but not the least of which is gravity itself. So it's not that these the, the, everything starts to move and congenial starts to become you know the embodiment of say uh, a sun, in which gravity now starts to move towards the sun and becomes stronger because of the creation of the star. It's the other way around. I'm going to suggest that it's the movement of gravity. Gravity has a willfulness willfulness to it. It is part of the 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 the, the, the conscious construct. Gravity is the mover. Gravity is the sculptor, if you will. It's like, you know, gravity is, you know, the. Imagine, if you will, the the multiverse is is like a lump of clay, and and gravity, if you will, is sort of the sculptor of this vast, multi-dimensional, you know, (laughs) uh, multi-universal lump of clay, if you will. You know, moving and and creating and expanding and contracting and fusing and pulling apart and just all of these things that are all taking place all at once. Wow, I, I love this. This is this is a an amazing thought. Do you suppose dark matter is a manifestation of gravity? Absolutely, everything's a manifestation of gravity. Okay. I mean, I'm not gonna say gravity specific. Okay, let's, let's 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 talk about how how is gravity manifesting. We're, let me, let's, let's take gravity all the way down to the quantum level. There is in science today, you know, talk of what's called quantum gravity. Now, I'm not sure I resonate on exactly how some of these theories work, but quantum gravity resonates. Gravity is working on the most subtle of levels. So when it's bringing things together and manifesting, you know, we could, we could look at the physics, the processes, you know, at least in terms of what we know right now, at least some of these processes. So gravity is basically helping, you know, these atomic structures to connect. It's, it's helping right on down the fundamental particles so that they're all vibrating in such a way that the universe basically comes out the way that it does. I mean, I mean, there's a very specific process at work for our reality, our experience, this universe, everything to be just so, so that it actually functions in the way that it does. Yeah. Um, a cosmologist named Laura Danley uh, made the comment, and some I remember where I heard her say this, but this is I think, very telling. Coming from a cosmologist, no less, she says, if there's one part 
in a quintillion, which I believe is one with 18 zeros. If one part in a quintillion is off in the universe, the universe as we know it collapses, does not mm-hmm. function, which tells me the level of detail upon which the divine, if you will, this divine mind, this consciousness, you know, in, in moving into the fundamental forces like gravity and manifesting this reality. Wow. Yeah, that's a very, very short way to explain it. You know, this is something I like to take three hours to explain normally or more <laughs> if I can. But give you a little bit of an idea, a little taste. I, mean, just, just... I, I, I love it. Are you going to go into it? You're, you're coming out with a new book in the spring, I Never Die, a 21st Century Book of the Dead. Do you have any room in that book for uh, discussion of gravity as well? Actually, gravity is going to be in my third book, which is called Envisioning God, Dreaming the Ultimate Dream. So gravity, I will be explaining that, but it'll be in book three, which will probably be out late 2020. Okay, wow. Well, along with everything else, you've become very productive as a writer. A lot of yes, lot of thoughts, getting, <laughs> lot of thoughts getting expressed here. Unfortunately, we are just about out of time for today. Um, but um, tell uh, tell the folks where they can uh, find out more about you and your and the book that's already in print. Yes. Um, like you said earlier, the, the book is available at Amazon.com. Also, please take a look at my website. It's gravity.life. Um, you can buy my book there. Um, take a look at all my band photos and uh, take a look at um, um, even my martial arts and things, other things that I'm doing. So it's all there. Um, so please take a look at it. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. And if you want to get in touch with me, please do. I, I love to travel, do presentations, um, book signings, all of that kind of stuff. Excellent, excellent. Maybe you'll have a CD of your own music up there uh, at some point, too. I've got some of my tracks on my website now, and um, I will have a CD out hopefully in 2020. There's a lot of, lot of things are planned. I'm really looking forward to 2020. It's going to be a big year. Terrific. I think not just for me, but it feels big for everybody. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Rex, for, for being on the show. Uh, for our audience, if you'd like to listen to the show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For information on IANS, check out their website at IANDS.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. Thank you. Much love. (laughs) 